This is the FCB Radio Network, home of the best personalities and where real talk lives. Online at fcbradio.com. FCB. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand for things for liberty. And they fought so we would be America, land of the Welcome to the Growing Patriot Podcast, American History for Kids. I'm your host, Amelia Hamilton. Let's go back for a minute to 1775. John Murray, who was Virginia's last royal governor and the Earl of Dunsmore, issued a proclamation saying that any enslaved man who fought for the king would be given their freedom. So on November 14th, he sent out couriers and spies throughout Virginia with copies of this news announcing freedom for those enslaved people if they would fight for the crown. But here's the thing, that only applied to slaves that were owned by patriots, or what he would call rebels. This did not apply to slaves that were owned by loyalists. So he definitely had an ulterior motive. By 1776, this became pretty much the policy in all colonies. Any rebel-owned enslaved person could get their freedom by fighting for the king. Of course, those enslaved people also knew that if they were able to escape and get to the battle to fight for the king, the people who thought they owned them might take revenge against their families who were left behind. So while many enslaved people would have been willing to risk their own safety to get to freedom, they weren't really willing to risk their families. And as time went on, the need for those black soldiers became less pressing anyway. We've talked about the Hessian troops, and they were those troops that came from Germany to help. Some fought for the British, and some fought on the Patriot side. But 30,000 of them were on the British side, so they really didn't need soldiers quite as much. Still, there were still some black entire companies, like and, and many musicians, guides, and laborers, still, most black soldiers were not on the front lines. That doesn't mean they didn't still want those enslaved soldiers to escape, though. They knew that America needed the plantations to survive. They needed the money and the crops that plantations gave the country, and that if all the slaves were to flee, that would all fall apart. It also meant that southern landowners had to use men to guard their slaves instead of to fight against the British. So there were plenty of reasons that the British kept this policy going. By 1778, the American patriots had gotten an idea of what was going on by the British, so they cried, kind of tried to turn the tables on them. And whenever they captured the slave of a loyalist who had been fighting, they would free them. So each were freeing slaves from the other side, but not from their own. And that leads us to where we are now, in the summer of 1779, when General Henry Clinton ordered the Phillipsburg Proclamation into effect, and that said that all enslaved people held by the Patriots were free, but they had to make their way through the British lines. They didn't have to serve in the military, but they had to find their own way to the free parts of the country. General Clinton was going to fight a new campaign in the South, and he wanted to get the British Army's numbers up, so he knew that if he could get more enslaved people, he would have more men to fight. And that plan worked. 
when the proclamation was published in the New York Gazette on July 21, 1779, word spread very quickly through enslaved people. And when British troops captured, captured Charleston, like we talked about in the last episode, in 1780, thousands of enslaved people joined them, and even more joined the British in Virginia. By the war's end, at least 5,000 former slaves had served against the rebellion on the side of the king. In fact, both George Washington and Thomas Jefferson lost slaves to Clinton's strategy as British commanders like Cornwallis actually did what they said they would and freed the enslaved people who found their way to them. And they had the same kind of reason to fight that the Loyalists did. They wanted their independence. So Dunsmore's proclamation and this Phillipsburg proclamation were a good reason for enslaved people to join the British side and fight. Many people also hoped that if the British won in the American colonies, slavery would end in all of the British colonies. Still, things like this gave enslaved people something to hope for. It gave them a real choice between the idea of American liberty and what they knew the British freedom would mean for them. So it really is no surprise that thousands of enslaved people saw the independence the Phillipsburg Proclamation had to offer and chose that. In 1781, the American Revolution officially ended and the Americans were victorious. However, when British Commander General Cornwallis surrendered at Yorktown in October of 1771, he returned many of those enslaved people back to the so-called owners they had escaped from. Things had already begun falling apart, really. Even in August of 1781, Cornwallis had said that any Virginian was free to search the British camp to see if his if the enslaved people were there, but that they could only take this, oh, those enslaved people with them if they were willing to go. I kind of think that he probably let them go anyway. He also was finding it really difficult to feed everyone and to treat everyone for the smallpox that was going through. People were sick and people need food and he couldn't take care of any, everyone. Things were certainly not working out like those enslaved people thought they would. Even after the war, the Phillipsburg Proclamation was the Crown's official policy. A man named Sir Guy Carleton had served as commander-in-chief after Clinton, and he gave liberty to all formerly enslaved African Americans if they could reach the British lines before the date of the first peace agreement, November 30, 1782. The next spring, May of 1783, Carlton George Washington that he was going to relocate those African Americans, and ultimately about 3,000 of them left New York and went to Nova Scotia in Canada with the British in 1783. Some also settled in Caribbean colonies like Jamaica or the Bahamas, where unfortunately some ended up back in slavery. About 400 of them sailed to London. And some went back to Africa to settle, to create a new settlement in Sierra Leone. And among those newly re relocated was a man named Harry Washington, who had escaped enslavement under George Washington, the new president of the United States. You 
usually black soldiers in the revolution would have pretty specific jobs and uh, one of those typical jobs was to act as a guide or an intelligence agent for British armies. They would use the formerly enslaved as scouts in the territory that they knew so well and one of the most famous of those scouts was a man called Colonel Ty. Ty was born as a slave in New Jersey and was known as Titus. In 1775, after Dunsmore's proclamation, he joined the British Army and renamed himself Colonel Ty. Ty became the commander of the Black Brigade, leading raids in New Jersey, where he had been a slave, taking Patriot captives and destroying buildings as he went. In 1779, his Black Brigade joined with a group called the Queen's Rangers, which was a group of white soldiers, and they raided through the area together. Ty was still fighting in September of 1780, where he was injured by being shot in the wrist. The injury was not serious, but he did get a serious infection, which led to his death. But he is considered one of the most respected black military leaders in the Revolutionary War. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to visit growingpatriots.com for coloring pages, videos, and lots of resources to go with this episode and every episode. And you can visit at Growing Patriots on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more. Can't wait to talk to you next time. They freed us all from tyranny, everything for liberty. And they fought so we would be America, land of the Distributed by FCB Radio Network.